It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW, Sitka. Today is Thursday, December 16, 2021. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Sitka reported seven new coronavirus cases on Tuesday, according to data from the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services. These new cases raised the city's weekly case rate to 27, keeping Sitka in a high COVID alert level. The Sitka School District is currently reporting five active cases, all of which are currently isolating. Mount Edgecombe High School currently has three active COVID cases. Statewide, a downward trend in positive COVID cases continues, despite Alaska reporting its first case of the more communicable Omicron variant earlier this week. Since the beginning of the pandemic, Sitka has reported a total of 1,279 COVID cases, 27 hospitalizations, and five deaths. Beginning next month, the state of Alaska will allow all-terrain vehicles on public roadways with speed limits below 45 miles per hour. But that may not be the case in all Alaska communities. When the Sitka Assembly met on Tuesday, it approved on first reading an ordinance that would have Sitka opt out of the new state law. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. ATVs are not currently allowed on roadways in Sitka, and Sitka's fire and police chiefs want it to stay that way. They're concerned that opening the roads to off-highway vehicles will increase the risk of fatal accidents. By opting out of the new state code, the city would maintain the status quo. Several Sitkins spoke out against the ordinance. Most voiced support for using ATVs on local roads. Brandon Finn said the city should consider a permitting program similar to HUNA's, which allows ATV users with driver's licenses to operate them on roads. And he said he believed Sitkins would follow the new state law responsibly if given the chance. Not all of us are high schoolers just ripping around on four-wheelers. Some of us are going to be out plowing driveways, going to get groceries, things like that with our four-wheelers. And I believe that that would be something that we should give the city a of Sitka a chance and maybe evaluate it after a year, but just uh, give everyone a chance before taking it away. Former Assembly member Richard Ween said the city should be creative and find a way to safely allow ATV use, considering how useful they are for plowing sidewalks and driveways after a heavy snow. And if the city decides to opt out of the state's rule due to safety, he argued that the city should focus more heavily on clearing roadways in the icy season. This now puts the ball in the court, since safety is so important, that you need to clean the streets, you need to salt them, and you need to sand them, because there are plenty of accidents that occur when the streets are neglected and not prepped. Assemblymember Crystal Duncan said concerns about safety were at the forefront of her mind, and she would back the Police and Fire Commission's unanimous recommendation to opt out of the state law. They did review, they did have the discussion, and then they unanimously brought this forward to us. The conversations that were had address safety, which I think is the number one concern. And so I do hear the chatter about, um, well, let's see if this results in unsafe practices, accidents, um, things like that. I tend to be a little bit on the other side of, can we prevent that before it occurs? The timeline to make a decision on whether to opt out of the new law is short. The statewide ATV rules go into effect on January 1st. But several assembly members signaled they would support local ATV use on roads with more regulation, including Rebecca Hemshute. At the moment, 
the data and information I have coming in from sources I trust, the fire department, the police department, um, are saying this is not a good idea for Sitka. So I'm gonna go with that expertise right now on first reading. Um, but that does not mean I'm not open to looking down the road at ways that we could make life easier for ATV operators in Sitka. Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis said ATVs should be allowed on Sitka's roads and said the safety concerns about ATVs could be easily applied to motorized scooters and other smaller vehicles that are currently street legal. And he suggested the assembly establish a working group to figure out what rules are needed to open local roads to ATV use. I want to give our citizens a chance to prove themselves. Um, I believe that our citizens are reasonable people, um, and I, I believe that we should give them the opportunity to, to try this new mechanism out before we instantly assume that everyone will be uh, on the worst side. Um, if something like this passes, though, and we do see ill effects from it, um, I will also be the first co-sponsor of an ordinance to get rid of it. The ordinance to opt out passed on a four to one vote with assembly members Rebecca Hemshute, Crystal Duncan, Dave Miller, and Tor Christensen in favor, and Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis opposed. The ordinance will come before the assembly for a second reading at its December 28th meeting. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. The State Department of Health and Social Services next month will transition away from daily COVID case counts and toward reporting weekly trends. Dr. Ann Zink, Alaska's chief medical officer, delivered the news during a special report to the Sitka Assembly on Tuesday, and she said other changes would be coming as well. For most of the pandemic, the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services has reported daily COVID statistics for communities throughout the state. Earlier this month, the department cut reporting down to three times a week, and soon the numbers will only be reported once a week. Zink said epidemiologists see more benefit in weekly and monthly reporting. There's more than cases to COVID, and so cases are important. We know we don't catch all of the cases. Our goal is not to catch all of the cases. Our goal is to provide information and resources to every Alaskan to make the best choice that they can for themselves, their family, their community, their business. Zink said COVID data is more useful when looking at larger trends over longer periods of time. And there is some data that the Department of Health and Social Services are currently providing that just aren't relevant and take a lot of resources to report. One of the changes coming up is we will be removing that percent positivity. A couple different things. It's a lot of reporting for individual clinics on the back end to report all of the negatives back into us. And we want, we're not interested in documenting this pandemic. We just want people to be healthy and well and make sure our systems are up and going. DHSS also plans to remove the testing section of the COVID dashboard. And in the coming weeks, the state will be putting more emphasis on at-home testing. While antigen tests, or rapid tests, are less sensitive than PCR tests, Zink said there were ways to layer the testing to make it more effective. And you could overcome a lot of the slight decrease in sensitivity by being able to do a couple tests. So, you know, testing, uh, let's say you're symptomatic, taking the same test two days apart can be incredibly helpful. So I personally love these tests. I think that they really empower individuals to know if they're positive or not. Zink said the state is beginning to hand out rapid tests at airports and working with the federal government to also distribute the tests on planes. At this year's Alaska Federation of Natives convention, sponsors of a ballot initiative took the opportunity to say their piece on why tribal recognition in the state is long overdue. 
multiple attempts to pass a bill through the legislature were unsuccessful. A tribal recognition bill was passed this year in the House, but never went to a vote in the Senate. Chahya Ish Richard Peterson is the president of the Central Council of Shingat and Haida Indian Tribes of Alaska. He's also one of the initiative's sponsors. A bill that did come forward from Representative Tiffany Zokolsky to recognize tribes couldn't make it because they were unable to really just get their business done. We, we thought it was better just let's put this in the hands of the people. The initiative wouldn't give tribes any new power since they are inherently sovereign. Instead, the initiative aims to have the state acknowledge that sovereignty. Co-sponsor Hlok N. Nye, Liz Medicine Crow, says the relationship between the state and tribes needs to be solidified into law. Otherwise, tribes are caught in the middle of the politics of the current administration. The state of Alaska has too often used our native communities and our, and our tribes as a political hot potato. The state and Alaska Native tribes already work together in a government-to-government capacity with tribal compacts. The state has a compact in child welfare that allows tribes to take charge in providing their own child welfare services. And earlier on Tuesday, Governor Mike Dunleavy spoke about creating tribal compacts in education. I was very excited to hear that uh, Governor Dunleavy is supportive of a government-to-government relationship with tribes. That's what this ballot initiative concretes and puts into law. We need to have that in order so that it is not just formal, but it is forever. To make it on next year's ballot, the initiative needs over 36,000 signatures within a year after being approved. Two months in, over a third of those signatures have already been gathered. Taking a look at the community calendar. Librarian Maite Lorente reads Rocket Says Look Up by Nathan Bryan at 10.30 a.m. today at the Sitka Public Library in anticipation of the launch of NASA's Webb Space Telescope. The program for preschoolers will be recorded and posted on the library and Sitka Babies and Books Facebook page. For more information, call 907-747-4020. The monthly Wuchin Health Networking and Learning Meeting is at noon today via Zoom. To join the meeting, email amandar at search.org. The Alaska Longline Fishermen's Association takes applications for its seafood donation program for those experiencing food insecurity or financial hardship from 4 to 5 p.m. today. Contact Liberty at outreach at alphafish.org or call 907-747-3400 to be put on the list. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.